get Jasmine's ring. Yeah. We need to announce it at least. Well, you're on now, so. Oh, we're here. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> I never know when she's going to press the button and we're actually recording. So I just whispered to Caitlin, like, we're here. Talk about jazz bass. Every time I edit these, there's always at least a minute of us just like whispering back and forth. Yeah. And as if there's not a microphone right in my face. That's it's right. It's a very weird, weird world that we're in. Caitlin, what do you got? What's going on? Uh, you know, we've, we've had a week here. We have had a week. We've, we've been getting a lot of, um, you know, pastoral calls lately. We've, we've got a fair number of people going on an hospice right now. We've been, between the two of us, you and I have been making a lot of pastoral calls. Yes, I have, I have right now four people who I'm caring for that are on hospice. So I'm yeah. going into hospital rooms, going into to bedrooms um, and, and to people's homes. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's a good conversation though, because in every instance, I've always had family members asking like, what do I do? How do I, how do I care for this person as they're walking the path? towards dying and then ultimately the path towards being resurrected with our Lord and Savior as they're walking the path of death. Yeah. Um, and, and I think too, for the person who's dying, right, you only do that once. And it's in a lot of ways, the first time when suddenly everybody in the family is gathered around and looking at you and expecting you to, I don't know, I feel like there are expectations that go with, if you're cognitive while you're dying yeah what what is your role and yeah and so it's hard and i i, I tell people um that they're the one of the gifts that you can give to your family um if you are lucky uh, is the ability to show how to die with dignity and how to die with grace mm -hmm. um that yeah and that's if you're lucky um you're cognitive you're able to to walk the path um, to that person, I say, tell everybody you can that you love them to pray with people, to let people dote on you because they love you. Okay. And so you are ministering to them by letting them dote on you, which is sometimes hard. Yeah, it, but it really is a gift to um, but it, receive that from people. It's a gift to them to gracefully receive it from folks. Yeah. So there, there's things that that person can do. So I don't think most of our listeners are in that spot yet. And so, but I do know that a lot of people have walked the path with loved ones or are going to walk the path with loved ones. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about um, how to sit with somebody when they're, when they're dying. Yeah. Um, I think there are, at least in my perspective, there's, there's different kinds of, of dying. There's, mm -hmm. there's, and um, the, the first is something that we all, at least, I don't know if we all, I shouldn't speak for everybody, but first is, is one that I see here, which is the, um, it's in the prayers, uh, unless we die suddenly in our sleep or die quickly. Yeah. Um, uh, die suddenly and unprepared. And so there, there's that. And in that case, how do you minister with that person? Well, you, you minister with yourself and you minister with that person if you can, but it, it, it's in that case, there's really not a lot you can do except for ride through the shock of it. Yeah. Um, and 
that is a hard thing, but you just take your steps. You walk through the shock of it. You call the doctors, you call the nurses, you call um, 911 if, if you're at home. And then you call your funeral home and, and, and you just follow the steps. Mm -hmm. um, and there are people who will help guide you through those steps. Call your church, let us know. Please call the church. And we'll, we'll help uh, guide you through those steps. But there's And just as a quick side note in that too, right? Call the church. Mitch and I will come. We'll come. We'll drop everything we're doing and come. Yeah. Um, and also, it doesn't have to be a priest that says the prayers. It does not have to be a priest that says the prayers. Anybody can. So have a prayer book at your house. Yeah. Um, there's a or or have you know a version on your phone. There are prayer book apps to look it up. BCP.org. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. stop, stop and pray. Stop and if pray. It's, if it's over the person, or if it's for yourself, or if it's for anybody else that might be around that needs it. Stop and pray. Um, and I, in that moment, you certainly are not going to get it wrong because you've done it. Yes. And God knows our hearts. Um, and so, again, that, that kind of depth, though, is anybody can do the prayers. Anybody can have to. I'm tongue tied here. I'm not sure what to say. That, that kind of depth is shocking. And, then, and it's just hard to explain. Yeah. And well, and I think. No one is expecting you to handle that gracefully. Right. If you're in that kind of shock, no one is expecting you to be the person that has it all together or to do it. And that's why you call the church. That's why you, you know, call call that one person you know who is going to have their head on straight for you who mm. can tell you what comes next. Well, and next week we're going to do a two-part on this. And so next week we'll talk about the mourner's path. But one thing I'll say in that is that nobody can handle that gracefully. So one thing I tell every family is that you give everyone a second chance. Okay. Somebody is going to say the wrong thing in that situation. Somebody is going to do something that might be perceived as insensitive. But they're all dealing with the same shock you are. Yeah. So everybody gets a little bit of extra grace um, and a little bit of extra forgiveness, um, which is hard in the moment. But as we walk the mourner's path, just remember, everybody gets a little, a little extra grace. Yeah. Shock is shock. Shock is shock. And when it is, you know, sudden and, you know, coming quickly, it sort of condenses the grief process, too. And... Right. There's the common thing that there are the seven stages of grief or whatever, um, which aren't really linear stages. It's just seven features that grief can have. Mm -hmm. And so if you get a group of people in a room and death is the, you know, sudden thing on the platter, people are going to fall all over the board on that. You're going to have somebody, right? Like I remember um, when I was doing my summer hospital chaplaincy several years ago. Um, there was a very bad motorcycle accident. And so the family all gathered in the ICU um, trying to figure out what was coming next. And, and that young man ended up not making it. Um, and in that waiting room, there was a sister who was just absolutely railing. She was so angry at her brother and so angry at everybody he was with. And there was a mother who was just distraught and there was a father who was sitting in the corner in absolute shock and and could not speak and it, the whole family was all over the board and that oh 
Yeah. And those, you just, you write it out. But then again, that's the reason why you give everybody the extra grade. Yeah. Just, but just know that, you know, that that's a thing. That's a thing. So that's one that we don't really have a lot of control over. And our behavior, we don't necessarily have a, a, as much control over as we would maybe like. Um, we do have control over the next two. The next two are um, sort of, I'll say, short-term hospice and then long-term hospice. <laughs> short-term hospice, I will put in the category of two weeks and less. Uh, this is a person who maybe has a catastrophic diagnosis, um, the after effects of a heart attack or a stroke, um, uh, some, some sort of catastrophic yeah. diagnosis. They're fine. And then they fall, um, or, or, or that kind of thing. And, and so in this case, you, you are less compressed in, in terms of the emotions than the shock thing, than the shock kind of death. But there is still a compressed period of time. It feels almost like running a marathon. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I had the displeasure of running several marathons. Uh, <laughs> and I know, thought a 5K was hard. Yeah, I've had the displeasure of running, running some marathons. You know, there's the initial adrenaline of, okay, these are the things I need to do. Mm -hmm. um, the, I need to get caregivers to the house or to the hospital ring. I need to make accommodations, you know, maybe move somebody's bedroom from upstairs to downstairs and get beds in place and, and, and that sort of thing. It's that initial list of these are all of the things that have to happen. And so then you can just kind of dive into the, okay, I just have to do all of the things. So, right. And, and so you have to make a distraction all, of sorts, but all the phone calls, call the church, please call us. Um, cool. We'll say it again another eight times in this podcast. Please call us. Please call us. But call a church, call a funeral home, and start making those sorts of plans. But after that initial stage of you've made all of the phone calls, there is the time in the house. Um, and there is the time of gathering. What I tell people is that, um, one, in that time, if you don't know what to say, you have two choices. You can pray or you can be quiet. Okay. Um, you can pray or you can be quiet. Go into the room and say a prayer. Go into the room and sit quietly holding somebody's hand. Go into the room and there's many types of prayers. Go yeah. into the room and, and sing a favorite song. Um, when my grandfather was dying, his, his, he used to sing the dumbest songs. Um, but I, I, I went in and I remember going in singing, a, a old country sort of folk song, which was like, I was born in the mountains out where snakes have le legs, hoot owls hoot in English and roosters place where eggs. I shaved my beard and mustache the morning I was born beat up my old man that night and drank his wine and corn. I remember singing that to him over and over again. There's another verse to it, but I'm, I'm not going to go that far. But um, sing a favorite song that they always used to sing. Um, uh, I've told dirty limericks in, in rooms before because that's what the person loved to do. 
um, there's prayer can take all sorts of forms. And, and so uh, it's a holy space that that kind of time is a very holy space. There is no place more sacred than that room where somebody is dying. Yeah. Uh, anytime I've gone and visited somebody in that stage, there's almost a feeling that you want to take your shoes off before you go in. And it's not for any sanitary purposes, but because you know you're stepping on such holy ground. And that those funny songs and dirty limericks or whatever the thing might be, like that holy space doesn't have to be hymns and it doesn't have to be scripture. It is. It can be anything. However, that person showed love to others. And then you have that chance to love them back in that same way. Yeah. Hey, I don't know if you can hear it through the microphone, but thinking about my grandfather in that time, like I'm tearing up from the podcast, but, um, but it is, it, it is holy space. And so respect, respect the room, respect the holiness of that space. At the same time, um, I will say one thing that let the doctors and nurses do their job, but also be willing to say, do you need help? And then ask, how can I help you? to the doctors and nurses, because sometimes it's comforting and a lot of pain to have, um, a grandchild help lift somebody up or, uh, to fold a hand during, um, a, a bandage changing or, or those things. Sometimes it's not helpful. So ask the question first, but don't be afraid of the medical side of it. Yeah. And uh, don't be desensitized to it. It's, it's natural. And it's nothing to be afraid of, and you can be a part of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that behavior is, is important. In those times, typically family gather really quickly. And so there's always two rooms. There's that inner room where something is happening, the death of a loved one. Mm -hmm. And then there's always the outer room. Now, the outer room, I'm going to say, is, is, is equally important. But I want there to be some ground rules. This comes from some years of experience yes. here. Feel free to tell stories. Feel free to be happy. Feel free to not worry about a little bit of gallows humor. Shakespeare had it. I mean, had it right. There is something funny about uh, about the whole thing that's happening. So don't be afraid of it. Um, and And... Go ahead and, and, and acknowledge it, but also give your family room to, you never know in the midst of gallows humor, give your family room to, that was really funny. And then the person starts to cry. Mm -hmm. Know that emotions can change very quickly. Um, let those waves of emotion wash over you. And so um, eat together. Tell loving family stories together. Tell embarrassing stories together laugh about it um if a family fight happens give room for grace uh, they may happen um and so so give room for grace everybody's mourning everybody's dealing with the same thing eat your food yes when you need moments for yourself say very calmly i need a moment for myself and then take a walk or a nap or a drive and have that room for yourself. Um, so those are things to do, not to do. Don't drink too much. 
Um, please don't drink too much. I've been in um, rooms before where, you know, it's okay. Have a glass of wine, you know, as a family, that's fine. Um, you know, do you know, go ahead and, 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 and be together as a family, but you don't want to be in a position where you've had too much to drink and a nurse comes out of the room and says, it's time. You see. That's not what you want. Um, know you're there for a reason. And so don't get carried away. Um, and, and then have something that hurts the holiness of that time. Um, it might numb the emotion for a moment, but it's never going to make it go away. And long-term, it's really, really hard. Yeah. And so the further you kick the can down the road, the bigger the can gets. And so I, I give that to you all as some, sort of some advice. Just know that you're in a fully space and you're in a holy time. And so re respect that Res and, and respect your body and your limits. Um, and that goes all the way through everything. Respect your body and your limits. That's where, you know, we teach little kids to do this. And sometimes it's important to return back to sitting and going, am I hungry? Am I sad? Am I... Like name the thing that's going on. And then address it. And then address, right. You know, I'm feeling angry right now. I'm, I'm feeling numb. I, you know, but don't just act out of some feeling that feels too big for you to be willing to look at and give a name to. It reminds me of the Snickers commercials. <laughs> you're not you when you're. You're not you when you're this. You need a Snickers. Yeah. Um, and so have a Snickers moment. Um, they're not paying us for this, by the way. They should. It was a good advertisement. Yeah. Um, we could start selling some ads today, couldn't we? But, but give yourself a Snickers moment if you need it. Ask what's going on and then address it. Don't feel guilty about going home and getting rest. You think? You need to go home and get rest. And sometimes the person in the room is waiting for you to go home and get some rest, which is really hard for people to let that soak in. But don't be afraid to go home and get some rest. Yeah. If you need to. Um, and if you get the middle of the night phone call, then you get the middle of the night phone call. It's not your fault. Um, so listen to your body and listen to the person. Um, and, and just be attuned to what's going on. Remember, go take a shower, go and take a shower. Yeah. Remember that, um, pets mourn too. <laughs> take care of the four legged creatures in your life. Um, they mourn too. And so give space for that. Give space for play, give space for, um, yeah, just maybe a little bit of bad behavior, but also give space for the pets. Um, remember again, remember the four legged creatures. Um, I'm convinced that they mourn too. I remember, um, when I was in new Orleans going into a house and somebody was going into the house with me, I had been to the house many times and this was a new nurse. And, um, as I opened the door, um, their a hundred pound great Dane came running to the door. And I remember looking at the nurse and being like, you might need to take a minute. I'll go in and get this situated. Um, 
And so gives face to the four-legged creatures. They, they mourn too. They maybe get a little extra protective or a little extra just loving. Um, you, you don't know they're, they have different emotions also. Yeah. So it gives space to that. Um, I think we've also known those people who get a little extra loving or a little extra protective when somebody is dying too. Yes. Yes. So again, that all goes back to grace. Um, in this shortened proactive time, you'll watch stages go very fast. And so you'll see one day, um, mom or dad is, is able to talk to everybody. They go to bed or go to sleep that night and what everybody wakes up and that there's a shift that's happened over the night. Okay. Understand that those shifts are natural. Um, call the doctors and the nurses who are working with you, call hospice, understand that those ships are natural. Mm -hmm. Um, and so just mentally be prepared for tomorrow might be different. Um, and the last moments, just know that what's the things that are happening are biological. Uh, one of the hardest things for people to see is, um, the, a rattle in the breathing. Um, the person's not in pain. Um, but just the natural part of the body taking care of the things it needs to take care of. That's right. And so just that piece of it is, is difficult. Um, call the church. We'll come and hold your hand through it. We'll come and call and, and, and we'll come and hold their hand through it. Yeah. Um, and so, so again, it, it, it's maybe a little macabre to say this, but you and I have seen it before. Yeah. We've been there. Yes. Um, and so it helps to have somebody there who's seen it before. Mm -hmm. Trust your hospice nurses. I think they are good. They're very good. And most of them have been nurses for a very long time. They know the process. Um, give them love and, um, and trust, trust your nurses. Okay. Um, and then when the time of death comes, gather as a family and pray, pray for each other, pray for the person who has just died, gather and pray. Um, it is again, a holy time. And if you don't know what to pray, do the Lord's prayer. Thanks, man. Say something simple that, you know, from, from childhood, you don't know what to sing, sing, Jesus loves me. Just gather and pray. And I, I promise just the act of doing that will start the process of closure and then help you make the next steps. Mm -hmm. And the next hospice will probably do it, but if hospice isn't there, the next steps are calling the funeral home, calling the doctors, calling the nurses, um, and they will walk you through the next steps. Mm -hmm. um, but gather, take a moment, pray, give people the time they need to say goodbye, and, and then start those after the prayer, and then start those, those next steps. Um, after that, eat when you can and rest. 
Again, I've had the displeasure of doing a marathon. The last couple of miles are really, really, really hard. Yeah. Afterwards, a really big, greasy piece of pizza is amazing. Healing. Healing, you know. And so just give yourself uh, time to listen to your body and rest. If people are offering to bring you food, let them. (laughs) Yeah, we live in the South, y'all. That's what people do. Mm And we bring food. Like, we'll bring you a plate. Um, and yes, you'll have extra. That's fine. Let people love you. Yeah. Let people love you. Eat it, put it in the freezer, you know. So that, that's sort of the two week, um, hospice marathon. The next is an ultra marathon, a hundred miles or more. Mm-hmm. What happens when you know for months and months, two months, three months, this is typically an older relative when the doctors have said, there's nothing we can do. This is... The person who's decided not to seek treatment for something. Right. And then they've had a choice. Yeah. This is, in some ways, one of the hardest, but also can be one of the most lovely times in a family's life. And so... um. A few things that differ about this one. You'll have to get some more things for your house. Um, be ready to have medical equipment brought in. Mm-hmm. If you need to, that means cleaning out some things, go ahead and clean out some things. Get ready for medical equipment to come into the house. Get ready for, um, a, 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 get the bathroom ready for special stools and, and just do that kind of thing. Be ready for extra equipment to come into the house. Be ready for oxygen to come into the house. It'd be a good time to make sure the floor is a little bit clean. Um, because of op- oxygen hoses can get tangled around anything. They, they, and they do. And so, um, just be ready to have, just get the house ready for some of those things. And we can do that as loved ones who are healthy. You can help a person get their house ready. It's Notice what I'm saying here, though. Don't get the whole house ready. It's important to have special places of comfort that should be like they always are. Um, I'm not a big fan of medical equipment in the kitchen. Kitchens are family space. That's where you eat. That's where you prepare food. Um, that's where you have the funniest times of your family's lives. Okay. Keep the kitchen, the kitchen. It's the heart of a home. It really is. And so keep, keep some family space as family space. It's really important. Um, at the same time, get ready and be ready for extra visitors. And if you're visiting, y'all be nice, bring food, bring your own water, bring your, <laughs> right. Don't expect, have, thing. don't expect things. Um, but be ready. Maybe even bring an extra water or a milkshake for the person you're visiting, like coffee, coffee. Yeah. Um, little but, thing of flowers, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so don't expect anything, um, if you're doing the visiting, but if you're the person living and walking the path, be ready for some extra visitors, let people come and say goodbye, but also know that it's okay to have limits. <laughs> um, if cousin Billy comes in and starts sobbing in the room and mom or dad say okay it's good help billy get out of the room you know yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, because it's not all sadness 
um, it's not all sadness. So let, let there be time and, um, but also have be okay to have limits. Um, you also remember it's, there's some beautiful things that the dying person can do to bless the people around them and to love the people around them. <laughs> and it is not necessarily their job to take care of everybody, everybody, the, the people who will have, you know, an extremely strong grief reaction, you know, preeminent grief reaction or something. It's not grandma's job. Right. Um, Grandma's body is a little busy. Yes. Um, the other thing with this time though, that I think can be beautiful is make accommodations to do things that that person has always done. Um, we have a parishioner right now who we're, they're, we're putting a card table in the bedroom so that you have a couple last games of bridge. Um, I think that's amazing. Like I, I want to go and watch. I told them that I would go and I would put on my tuxedo, um, for their last bridge night <laughs> and, um, I, I'll make drinks. I'll do whatever they want me to do. I'll be their waiter and bartender. Um, and this is for a 98 year old y'all. Yeah. And so I'm fine with it. I'm in. Um, you know, we, we like to joke that there are a lot of things they don't teach us in seminary, but I think you and I both learned a little bit about bartending in seminary. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, but I think that that would be, you know, make accommodations so that people can do the things they love for as long as possible. Um, you know, if that means moving the bridge game into a bedroom, fine, mm-hmm. move it into the bedroom. And so, uh, allow that person their own way of doing the things they enjoy, but also saying goodbye to the same for women that she's played bridge with forever. Mm-hmm. Um, allow it to be fun and special and safe. And so uh, 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 there's things we can do to help those things happen. And I promise when we do those little things, you see grace, you see, mm-hmm. you see um, love and joy in special ways. Um, so, so make accommodations. During this long period of time, Again, take time for yourself. Don't be afraid to go home. Don't be afraid to take the walk around the block. Don't be afraid to get some rest. Don't be afraid to call a loved one and say, I need some help. I can't sit today. I need some help. Um, Those are all important things. And should death come while you're not there, again, remember, it's not your fault. That's right. Um. It's it just not. And again, remember, the person who's dying may be waiting for you to leave. And so, uh, again, know it's not your fault, but also know that it, it, it could be a person who's waiting. That's one of the incredible things that I know we've both seen about death and people dying is the way that, in some ways, people really can choose when they die in some ways yeah they some people if there is a an element of forgiveness that they were not able to achieve they will you'll see them kind of hold on for a while because there's some inner impulse to wait until something is resolved or um in the case of some 
very proper Southern ladies, they will wait until everybody is out of the room because it would be improper to die with everybody around or embarrassing. Um, So it, some people will sort of have ways of making those choices and they are outside of you. They will. And so, yeah, let them make their choices. Yeah. Um, the person, if they're cognitively still with it, then let them be cognitively still with it. We can't, we can't put our values onto that person. (laughs) Um, and so, uh, yeah, let them. I think there's also speaking of letting people make their own choices too, um, for people who are with it in, in some capacity, right? There's a lot of the medical processes that are absolutely outside of their control or just necessarily are done to them. Yeah. So the ways that you can say, would you know, do you want a book or do you want the tea? Like, let them choose the things that they want to do with their time. Give them that empowerment. Um, don't just say, this is the crossword book that I have brought you, but here are three or four. Which one would you like? Sure. That's a Letting really people good take point. them to that agency. Yeah. Do you want to do a crossword puzzle or watch TV? Do you want to do Netflix or do you want, you know, your book? Like, yeah. Um, yes. Give, give choices where choices can happen because those choices are important and get more important. What would you like to eat? Yeah. Um, and the answer is nothing. And you know that you're in hospice care. The person is in hospice care. Sometimes the answer really is nothing. Um, and be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, in the last weeks of somebody's life, I've heard um, people say, oh, you've got to eat. Well, if they're not ready, then they're not ready. Um, and that's horror. That's really horror. But being okay with that is, is fine. Um, after the person in these long-term situations has said, or had an opportunity to say goodbye to all of their family members in the way that they want to. Know that, at least I've seen, that pain medication and some of those things might increase. Sometimes it's not because the person is in any more pain pain than they were. It's just that they weren't taking their meds because they wanted to have a clear mind or they didn't want to be drowsy. They were willing to take the pain until they said goodbye. Yeah. Um, but know that the medications may increase. We're not worried at this point for that person, that patient, that loved one. We're not worried about addiction. Um, and so if it's coding, that's coding. Um, let them and the doctors be your guide on this. Um, and uh, just be ready. Just know that that's a process. At the end, uh, it becomes the proactive hospice care. Like things start picking up very quickly. But if you've done like the things that you were supposed to do early on, like call the church, mm-hmm. you will have at this point already done a funeral plan, called the funeral home. You'll have already done some of those things. Um, so again, reoccurring theme, call the church, we'll walk you through it. Yep. Um, you'll have that at the end, you'll always have that protracted time where no matter what, it'll all of a sudden feel like the pace picks up. It has, 
remember again to trust your doctors and nurses and hospice providers. Um, in these cases, they've probably been with you for months. And so they, trust me, they love you. <laughs> and they love the person they're caring for. And so let them, let them love you. Um, and again, say the prayers, sing the songs, tell the funny stories, respect the inner room where the person is, respect the outer ring. I'll say it again. Don't drink too much. Don't numb yourself from this. Walk through it. Um, and then, well, then we get to the very end. And again, call the church, have a prayer book ready. You don't need a priest to say the prayers. If you don't know what to pray, pray the Lord's prayer. Um, and let the emotions wash over you. Um, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to cry. It's okay to feel relief. It is okay to feel relief. I've had caregivers feel guilty after feeling relief. No, it's okay to feel relief. Um, give grace. Remember that there's other people mourning and they might be at a different place than you are. Okay. Uh, offer forgiveness. Um, remember things, especially with family, that a 10 second hug is actually medicinal. Give big hugs. Give big hugs. Um, be gentle with yourself. Uh, be gentle with the loved ones that are coming in and out of the house. Um, they're doing, they're going in and out of the house. They're, they're doing these things for you. Um, be grateful, but also it's okay to have boundaries. No visitors right now. Thank you. It's okay to say. Okay. Um, and when in doubt, call the church. Call the church. We got you. <laughs> um, so this is a kind of a deeper subject than we normally do, but I hope there's some things you can glean out of this. Um, Caitlin, thank you for a really, I think, good idea for a, a podcast. Yeah. Well, I, right. So we're doing a adult formation series on how to live, how to die. Um, and then that coupled with the pastoral calls we've been making lately, I've been I've been living in that death place, mm. but that's not a bad thing or a sad thing. That's a... It's a life thing. It's a life thing. It's okay to contemplate death. It's okay to look at it. It's okay to, you know, be there with a dead body. The, these things are all sign and can be a very real gift, in fact, to how we want to live. If, if you're not afraid to look at death, if you're not afraid to talk about it, then... Actually, in a lot of ways, life becomes a little easier and you don't hold on to things so tightly that aren't serving you. That's a, and, and that's a really good point. Um, you don't hold on to things so tightly that aren't serving you. Um, the posture of holding on to something, I always picture as a clenched fist. And Every image that I have of Jesus, his hands are always wide open. 
Um, and so talking about it helps you open up your hands, your heart, your mind to the idea that something graceful and natural and human is happening. <laughs> um, and that goes with all of the emotions. And if you need help with it all, um, there are wonderful people in your life who are willing to help guide you. You just have to ask. Yep. So. You just have to ask. With that, come to Adult Sunday School on Sunday at 9 a.m. if you're in Columbia. We're going to keep talking about these things. And all are welcome. All are welcome. And it's it's for everybody, even if you don't have someone in your life who will be facing death anytime soon, it, as far as you can figure. Uh, it's almost better to talk about it before it's something that you feel like you need to talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, love you all, and we'll talk again next week. Bye. This is a podcast of St. Martin's in the Fields in Columbia, South Carolina. Pay us a visit here on campus, come worship with us on Sundays, or visit us online at smifsc.com. Be sure to like, review, and subscribe to this podcast on your podcast channels, and leave a comment. Let us know if you like this episode, if you like this format. We want to hear from you. Let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.